we are just entering the Islamic month of Ramadan or Ramzan as we call here in India. And uh, first of all, I would like to wish happy Ramadan to everyone who practices Islam. I wish you and your family happy Ramadan. Now, since this is a special month for Muslims, I thought we should talk about, broadly rather, talk about Islam, its history, theology, its philosophy. And uh, that's why from today onwards, I'll be doing a series on uh, different sort of ideas of Islam, its history, philosophy, even certain theological and sectarian aspects of it. And when we get to the really modern times, the times that we live in, where politics is divided by religions and Islam remains central there. So I'll also talk about the political part of it. I'll also talk about the Islamism. And uh, let's start with the broad view today, with the very basics of it, the origins of Islam and how was it like back then when it started. And for that reason, I have picked this book by Asghar Ali Engineer called Islam, Its Misgivings and History. Those of you who don't know Asghar Ali Engineer, he was an Indian reformist writer. He was also a social activist. And most of his works are on liberation theology because he was leading this progressive Daudi Bohra movement. Daudi Bohra is, in, is a Muslim community, is kind of a sect in India. And uh, that was his focus, to, to bring different ideas together and uh, develop communal harmony in our part of the world, that is the Southern Asia. So let's start, let's start the very basics of Islam. So as most of you would know, it is the second most followed religion in the world. And uh, it has its origins in Arabia. And at that time, it transformed that society, the Arabian society from a backward tribal society into a great moral and spiritual land. When we talk about the pre-Islamic Arabian roots, the societies that were there, there was polytheism that was practiced there, there were a number of tribes that were constantly at war with each other. There was bloodshed we see, there is warfare, and uh, not too much of moral fabric that you find in that society. The poor, the needy, the women, they were really the helpless lot. And in this traditional tribal society, that is where the vacuum of spirituality, of politics, that's kind of got filled with the advent of Islam. So right from its inception, it was doing two tasks. It was helping people spiritually, but at the same time empowering them politically. So that's why what you see today is it's very high, high, hard to find 
modern secularism in Islamic societies because the modern secularism it lies uh, at the heart of the separation of religion and politics but uh, that was not the case with Islam and uh, some people like it some may not like it some people think that ethics and morality and um, legal aspect of society they have to be separate while some people think that the legal aspect and the morality side they should not be separate otherwise societies really become corrupt so so these are two different kinds of views and in islamic societies in most muslim societies you find this idea that um, they don't think that islam necessarily has to be away from politics and that was also one of the reasons that it grew so quickly in fact even today it is one of the fastest growing religions in the world because it invited people to join its force through spiritual practices as well as the political framework the early quranic verses in mecca they greatly emphasized on social and economic justice and it kind of attacked this accumulation of wealth and all kind of exploitative practices that's why you will find that um the idea of interest in in banks is considered sinful in a lot of muslim societies because right from the beginning it was talking about this equality and uh, justice was one of the central tenets of it you'll also notice in the history of islam as well as in teachings that the religion is quite sensitive to the sufferings of poor and helpless people and uh, that's uh, another reason why a number of number of people from these sections of the society they gravitate towards islam and but at the same time the other effect that it causes is it uh, it kind of creates troubles in some in certain quarters of the society and that happened right from the beginning the rich people back then in the arabia they might not have had so many troubles with the religion itself with the, with the idea of one god in a polytheistic society they might not have minded that that much but the problem was this accumulation of wealth that was there and the religion was constantly attacking it that was uh, not tolerable and that's why you see in the early history of islam this tribal rift where different tribes are attacking the early muslims and then muslims are fighting so this kind of politics even violence that was there right from the beginning and it goes back to the roots of it and once again this can be interpreted in two ways one is that you have to stand up for the right cause you have to fight for justice 
and the other way could be that uh, no religion doesn't have to concern itself uh in all these political social you know social activism these kind of matters it is for politicians and social activists to decide religion has to be some might believe it has to be pacifist something close to jainism or buddhism but in islam you don't find that and as i said these are two different ways of looking at religion some find um the islamic way of pursuing religion quite effective quite meaningful while the others who might want to stay away from equality justice all these social and political aspects of a society they might find shelter in other kinds of religions so as i said there was a lot of battles they were going on and even some of some of the people they were trying to assassinate prophet muhammad and he had to escape from madina rather to madina from makkah and in these settings you find the early history of islam where there is tribal warfare tribes are constantly fighting negotiating deciding terms and conditions under which they can live together act together so that's how you see the structure of quran also it's very direct very specific in its verses what you have to do what you are not supposed to do it's very particular unlike a lot of other religious scriptures and that's because it was directed primarily although it's it was meant for uh, for universal message but primarily it was meant for those people in those contexts which needed those people they needed immediate help and the idea was to transform that society from a from an unjust immoral society to a just and moral society and uh, in that setting it flourished and again i'm i'm repeating this fact this early history because it's important to understand where the religion got its early principles its foundations because merely the ideals the teachings the 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 ideas of peace and pursuit of spirituality that's not really the everything about a religion it matters how in the in the social and cultural context how things evolved how certain things came to be what a particular term eventually meant in a particular context and unless we understand those dynamics that were going on back then we may not understand the religion fully and hence i'm putting a lot of stress on the history because the historical actors their interests culture social vision where they were coming from where they were trying to go all these this kind of shaped the muslim world for the next few centuries and even today and that's why it's important to understand the psyche of the muslim world the teachings of islam and how we can build bridges bridges um, between each other at the same time we must be careful about 
what are the things that are coming from religion and what are the things that are coming from culture because a lot of things that you see today in the muslim world that have come down from the early arab culture whereas the quran wasn't teaching the exact same things back then for example the quran had stressed need based living and uh, the prophet himself he had provided an a kind of a model for for simple living but you don't see that with arabs you don't see that with with uh, a lot of muslims in other places you see quite the opposite the flamboyant style you see that in the mughal culture the persian culture the empires that that came into existence in the medieval period of islam another example could be of the names that you find in in many parts of the world that people consider these are islamic names but they are fundamentally most of the time they are either arabic or persian and that once again hasn't got much to do with islam that has got a lot to do with culture because when religion moved from one place to another it was also accompanied by culture and um, inevitably culture was transported from one place to another which many people mistook as religion and therefore the boundaries got blurred over a period of time so we have to be careful at every step and i will try to discuss all these aspects as the series goes on that uh, what are the aspects of you know what are the traits we are talking about what are the qualities ideas philosophies which come from religion and which are the ones that come from uh, um, cultures so you you'll find a number of examples of this for example wearing of silk and gold that was prohibited for men and as i said with the arabs you'll you'll see quite the contrary these days and all this happened because uh, after the early period of islam when the muslims of the arabia they emerged as conquerors the the whole dynamics of the arabic society changed so islam surely it got benefited from those victories but also in some ways the religion was kind of reduced to the to the interpretations of uh, those powerful people that were now in charge of it so there began the tricky period as islam spread to non arab countries from um from east to west both sides you'd find that the attitudes the behaviors of of these conquerors they quite changed over a period of time and in fact you might say that religious whatever the religious ideals of a person the conqueror is always a conqueror and uh, that's what they did these conquerors they 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 went about their business they went to east and in india they went to the europe and uh, they invaded different lands and in the meantime they also spread their religion in fact in a number of cases they forcefully converted people to islam and which wasn't supposed to be the case as per the earlier teachings 
and this was changing because uh, the arrogance of arabs was uh, as a, as a conquering race it was quite a display and uh, a lot of them were really concerned about the areas they were capturing the the people the number of people they were converting not really about the quality of living a life according to religion a high quality life simple life no they were not doing that and as that happened the quality of uh, non muslims in those um in those areas conquered by muslims that dropped significantly and uh, it was in umayyad rule that was primarily an arabic rule and but it also deviated from the early islamic teachings quite significantly and a lot of pre-islamic practices the cultural practices they were revived during this period and one of the tragedy that took place during umayyad's period was the killing of imam hussein and his 71 relatives and friends who stood by him and they were demanding the revival of islamic ideals and islamic way of rules this is known as the the battle of karbala and uh, it took place near kufa which is now in present day iraq and it has a significant place in islamic history and from here onwards you also find this division of shia and sunni because shias they follow hussein and uh, although sunnis also respect him but not at the same level at which shias follow and uh, in that period you find a lot of bloodshed it was hajjaj the governor of kufa and who on behalf of umayyads he kind of became a ruthless ruler and uh, he slaughtered hundreds of thousands of men and put almost equal numbers in jails and he was an absolutely terrifying force and he was hated by most people and from then onwards for the next several centuries you find that theme occurring over and over again in different societies that uh, islamic conquerors rulers they go into different lands and treating people even in some cases treating muslims really badly and you find the same theme in in today's islamic world where many radical islamic organizations they kind of suppress the minorities but at the same time they suppress the liberal voices within the community and that has been a theme although not uh, hasn't been the dominant theme but this theme that you find throughout the history of islam that these different rulers they are going ruthless and mistreating people and because of which the way people perceive islam and people especially non muslims and they perceive islam and muslims pretty much in negative light 
And you can't really blame those people. You can't blame one organization. You can't blame one terror event. No, you cannot do that. The history is full of these kind of events. And you have to understand that. So after the Umayyads, you find the Abbasid revolution, which was supported by mostly non-Arab people of Iran. And then kind of Iranians took charge. And you see the Persian Empire ruling um, a large part of the land and kind of spreading the message of Islam. So in their period you find um, the Islamic culture flourishing and uh, growing in different ways. So from the Arabs to some, in some ways Turkey and Iran, these were the two big empires that kind of took the responsibility of carrying forward the message of Islam. But that doesn't mean there was no tyranny, that doesn't mean they were not uh, oppressing and crushing their political opponents. All this was going on. And as I said, you... You find that much like any other history, the history of the Muslim world is also soaked in blood. And because of that dominant theme, it's very easy to get muddled this idea of uh, to get a muddled idea of religion and history together and combine the two. Whereas that was not really that shouldn't be the case. We should be very careful about what these rulers were trying to achieve and what the religion is trying to achieve and i just talked about briefly about the the violence that uh, started in the early islamic history but i'll get to the details of it and i think that part is really crucial to understand the violence in terms of religious discrimination in terms of sects the sectarian discrimination, all that that takes place in many Muslim societies. So to understand in today's world, it's also important to go back in history and understand its causes and uh, different phenomena that were taking place back then. So I will talk about that in the next episode. Keep following.